A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Because the New Testament is utter horse <laughs> It was created by a bishop and a fucking emperor. That's a fact. That's like established religious fact. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Jesus is like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you to win this thing. I'm asking you to brush his hair. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 134. I'm your host, Norm the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. The Master's Dog is a podcast where I do just that, what the quote at the beginning of the intro says from John Calvin, when God's truth is attacked, I bark. And so it started out as a response podcast to the Saints Unscripted uh, segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs. They started talking about the LDS Articles of Faith. I wanted to show how those didn't line up with Orthodox Christianity. Did those uh, episodes and they continued on to make more episodes and I committed to respond to every one of those episodes. So it was called Faith and Beliefs Refuted. Uh, Later on, I decided to expand the podcast to deal with all kinds of pseudo-Christian issues, you know, guys like Stephen Furtick and and so on, Uh, just really bad false teachers and and stuff like that that were putting stuff out there that needed to be responded to, and I started to respond to it. That's when the podcast went from being Faith and Beliefs Refuted to The Master's Dog. So there's a little background for those of you who are new. We continue to get more and more subscribers over here on YouTube, and that's because of you guys who like the videos, share the videos, have already subscribed, leave comments. All of that stuff makes Mr. Algorithm uh, send this uh, videos out to more and more people who might like to see it. So thank you very much for those of you who like and share and have subscribed. If you haven't subscribed already, go ahead and hit that button. Hit the notification bell. You'll get all the content that is released here. I got a couple of uh, unsolicited episodes I want to uh, get done in the next little bit. Um, And then a few others probably going to do a let me tell you coming up sometime soon. So lots of stuff in the in the pipeline. Just haven't had time to sit down and and get them done. But the next couple of days, and then I've got a again a whole new list of false teachers. Um, some a lot of suggestions from people, which I appreciate. Again, if there's anything you think I should respond to, if there's a, an issue where God's truth is attacked and you want me to take a look at it, just send me a text, comment on a video. Hit me up on Twitter at the Master's Dog or at the Evangelical Norm, Norm Dunham on Facebook, Evangelical Norm at Comcast.net, uh, Evangelical Norm at Gmail.com, uh, not Comcast.net, wrong email address. So, all kinds of places where you can let me know what you think uh, about what I think, and um, and I'm I'm down for all that smoke. So, this week we are back to. Uh, the roots of the podcast, responding to uh, David Snell over at Saints Unscripted. Um, this is actually, I've, there's been a bunch of them that have come up over the last 
two months that are just kind of like, eh, they're, they're really not dealing with doctrine, they're really not dealing with anything, a lot of history and stuff like that. So today is definitely some theology going on and some issues, so this is going to get a little meaty. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to get as heated as I usually do, but you never know. It's me. It could turn into a shouting fest. So stay tuned. Buckle up. Here we go. We're going to take that ride. So here is David uh, from Saints Unscripted. And he is talking about this week. He is going to talk about uh, Jehovah and the names of God and who God is. Very key, very central to what differentiates uh, Mormons from Christians. So let's go. Here is David. Hey guys, so today we're going to be talking about who God is in the Old Testament. It can get a little confusing and we've got a lot to cover, so let's just jump right in. Okay, let's just jump right in. Who God is. Alright, so in the Old Testament, despite a variety of titles for God, there is only one proper name attributed to God. In the original Hebrew, it was this four-letter word, which is called the Tetragrammaton. This word is transliterated in English as YHWH or the variant JHVH. There are no vowels in Hebrew, so to make sense of it in English, we have to add our own. Thus, YHWH becomes Yahweh, while the variant JHVH becomes the more Latinized Jehovah. But in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah begins with an I. The Tetragrammaton appears in the Old Testament more than 6,500 times. Yet, in the English King James Version of the Old Testament, Yahweh doesn't appear at all, and Jehovah only appears a handful of times. This is because the translators generally followed a Jewish practice that developed sometime after 500 BC of not pronouncing the divine name Yahweh out of respect for its holiness. Instead of Jehovah or Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton is translated as the more general title Lord, or in Hebrew Adonai. Pro tip, when Lord is used to represent the Tetragrammaton, it will be in small capital letters in your KJV Bible. So when you see Lord, think Jehovah or Yahweh. When it's not in small caps, it refers to other heavenly or earthly leaders. Now, Latter-day Saints believe that Yahweh or... Okay, so all that, I mean, is pretty... Pretty typical, I mean, standard, uh, you know, Hebrew knowledge of the name of God, so on. So, I mean, nothing really, this is, now he's going to get into the controversial stuff. Because, again, when we look at this, when we see the name Yahweh, Lord, um, Adonai, any of those, we, we recognize that it is referring to God. God. The triune God. And so here's where we're going to hit the fork in the road that takes Mormonism down the path to uh, heresy and the rest of Orthodox, uh, rest of Christianity, mainstream Christianity, Bible-believing Christianity stays on the road of Orthodoxy. Now, that's not to say that everybody who believes in the Trinity is Orthodox because there's many uh, off-roads um, which many denominations have taken onto that uh, heretical side of things off of the, the narrow path of orthodoxy. So let's let David continue. 
for Jehovah, the God of the Old Testament, was the premortal, unembodied Jesus Christ. We believe that that is what scripture teaches, both ancient and modern. For example, when Jehovah commanded Moses to free the Israelites from Egyptian bondage, Moses says, all right, but who should I say sent me? What's your name? Jehovah's response in Exodus 3.14 is, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. In other words, Jehovah claims the title, I am, for himself. Fast forward to the New Testament. In John 8, Jesus tells the Jews, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. All right. Now that this is this is the ridiculous stuff that they put in here because again, it's to take a a very serious issue and they make it seem silly and it, it kind of takes away the weight of it. This is very weighty. And yes, Jesus is uh, God. He is God incarnate. And so when he says to them, "Before Abraham was, I am." But again, this "I am" title can be attributed to God the Father, can be attributed to God the Son, can be attributed to... Because as he said at the beginning, there's a list of these titles. The self-existent one, the, the, the self-sustaining one. This is who God is, and it's, it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is a reference to the triune God. We're going to get into something here a little bit he's going to start talking about, which again differentiates Mormons from Christians. This this is why we can say Mormons worship a different God, a different Christ than Orthodox Christianity. And as we get into this, we'll, we'll see. So yes, Jesus is, I am. And he makes that statement. He very much makes the claim of being God. Now again, we go back to Isaiah where it says, there, there's no God before me, neither shall there be after me. Besides me, I know not one. I, I botched that scripture. But um, again, God is saying there's only one God. Eternally existent in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But there's only one. It's not that, that God the Father and God the Son are different gods, making a, a, a polytheistic idea. They are one God. Manifest, or I hate to say manifest because that kind of leads into modalism, but they are one God eternally expressed in, in three persons Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All fully God, but all completely individual in their, in their persons, but yet still one being, one God. Confusing, yes. I completely understand. And if we absolutely understood it, then he, would, he wouldn't be God. I mean, we have multiple places where it says, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. We'll never fully understand who God is because we have that finite human mind. God is God, so it is absolutely possible for him to be eternally existent in three persons, yet still eternally being and never separating, never lessening of himself, be one eternal, infinite God. Here Jesus claims the title, I am, for himself. He's saying, I am Jehovah, I am Yahweh, I am, I am. 
the Jews immediately recognized what Jesus was saying and considered it utter blasphemy. Blasphemer! In the next verse, they tried to stone Jesus to death, which was the punishment for blasphemy under the law of Moses. The Doctrine and Covenants also refers to Jesus as the Great I Am. But the scriptures offer plenty of other clues as well. For example, Isaiah 45 identifies Jehovah as the Creator. John chapter 1 identifies Jesus as the and see, now, let, let's back up a second. Let's back up to that whole issue of that they recognized it as blasphemy and they wanted to stone him. People claimed to be gods a, a, a lot. There were a lot of people. I mean, Caesar was, was claiming to be a god and demanding worship. And it wasn't that they were, they were calling him. And you didn't see, I mean, even you, throughout the New Testament, you'll, you'll see di different issues where they're going to Pilate and they're saying, you know, we are friends of Caesar. They're not calling him out, you know, calling him maybe behind closed doors. I don't know. But they're not publicly calling him out as a blasphemer for claiming to be a god. If Christ was just claiming to be another God, not God, and not the God, the one true living God, it wouldn't have been considered blasphemy. Jesus is not just claiming to be one in purpose or one, you know, he is not just claiming to be a prophet. He's, he's claiming divinity. He is absolutely declaring himself to be God. And here they say that Jesus is saying, I am Jehovah, I am Yahweh, but, and we're going to get into it and I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but he would also be saying, I am Elohim. I am El Shaddai. I am every title of God in the Old Testament. Jesus, by saying, before Abraham was, I am, Jesus is saying, that is me. Every one of those titles for God in the Old Testament, Jesus fulfills them and they can be applied to him. Because he is God. Except for the Father. I would, but even in Isaiah, it says he would be called Everlasting Father. Again, I think that's a, that Isaiah is a, a uh, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting. I can't remember. I have to find the verse. Uh, but as it says, that's a reference to the Trinity. You've got, you've got Father, Son, Holy Spirit represented in that verse. The Creator. The Book of Mormon agrees. Isaiah 33 says Jehovah is our judge. John 5 affirms that Okay, wait a minute. I got I to back this up. I got to back this up. Because this is an this this is an issue, and this is uh, something that needs to be looked at. So, let me just back up a little bit more. Here identifies we go. Jehovah as the Creator, John chapter one. Okay, identifies Jehovah as the Creator. According to Mormon theology, Jesus can't be Creator. He could, I mean, we, we, you know, the, the temple ceremony and blah, blah, blah. And Elohim tells Jehovah and Michael, because Jehovah apparently can't do it on his own, to go down and, and make the earth and do all the things and blah, 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 blah. But he's not the eternal creator. Because even God, Elohim, according to Mormons, was a created being. And his father before him was a created being. And there's this eternal regression that they don't they, they can't address of where did it begin. So again, to say that that Isaiah identifies him as creator and they agree, that's a lie. That is an outright lie. It is a deception. It is a twisting of the truth. It is exactly what Satan did. He takes a little bit of truth and he twisted it with Eve in the garden. And this is what they do. 
This is why it's heretical. This is why it is deceitful and wrong and leading people to hell. And identifies Jesus as the creator. The Book of Mormon agrees. Isaiah 33 says Jehovah is our judge. John 5 affirms that Jesus is our judge. The Book of Mormon agrees. In Zechariah 12, Jehovah prophesies that one day the Jews shall look upon me whom they have pierced. In John 19, as Jesus is on the cross, a Roman soldier pierces his side with a spear, and we read, For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. They shall look on him who they pierced. Jehovah Christ is the one who is pierced. You get the point. There are lots of indicators that Jesus is Jehovah. Now, there are some Latter-day Saints who believe there are a few verses in the Old Testament that may refer to God the Father as Jehovah, but they're debated and overwhelmingly, we believe Jehovah refers to the pre-mortal Christ. Okay, but again, there are places where these two, and, and not not the least of which, we run into an issue of calling one Jehovah and one Elohim, and he's going to get there in a minute, is um, Isaiah. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Turning around, get my Bible. I believe it's Isaiah 44. I hope so. I hope I don't have to sit here and, you know, Good podcasters would be prepared beforehand, but you know, you know how it goes. Sometimes we just have to do this on the fly. And let's see, Isaiah 44. Um, okay, this is the, this is, I am the first, I am the last. There's no God before, no God but me. Um, Isaiah 44, 6. Do, 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 do. I'm missing it. So, okay. I can't remember the verse. I should have all this stuff memorized, but I've got it all written down in different places, and I never remember to write it down where I need it. So, um, but there is the verse where it says, The Lord your God, the Lord is one. And I wish I could remember where it was. Uh, do, do, do. It's not Isaiah 40, is it? Okay. Can't find it. That's all right. It's in there. I know it is. You know it is. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you break it down. It is the Jehovah, your Elohim, the Jehovah is one. Okay, so if we're, if we're identifying them as two completely individual father and son, literal father and son it, beings, how do we work that out? No, it's not one in purpose. just doesn't work. The translation and, and the scholarship doesn't work for that. All of that said, in Latter-day Saint history, our use of Jehovah as an exclusive reference to Jesus Christ wasn't really standardized until about 1916 after a statement from the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve. Before that time, some leaders used Jehovah as a reference to God the Father. The 1916 statement says, God the Eternal Father, whom we designate by the exalted name title Elohim, is the literal parent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and of the spirits of the human race. Okay. Now again, here's where we run into an issue. The literal parent 
what and our our what they mean is Elohim, God the Father, has a one or multiple heavenly wives, heavenly mothers, who gave birth to our, who had sexual relationships, were spiritually pregnant, gave birth to our spirits, which came down to become part of our bodies, and we lived through this life and endure this test, and blah 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 blah. That's a that's that's a heretical statement. That is blasphemous. That is taking the nature of who God is and changing it and twisting it. So again, they refer to him as Elohim, but like he said, it, here's the problem with Mormon theology: is it changes over time. It wasn't a standardized thing. Earlier prophets, Brigham Young, Joseph Smith, whoever, blah, 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 got to teach this. But now these other prophets go, ah, no, well, you know, they were kind of wrong. So doesn't that make them false prophets? If, they, if, if Joseph Smith was so in tune with God and so on, would God not go, hey, y'all are calling me by the wrong name? Right? Why was it not standardized until later? This is the problem with Mormon theology. It evolves. It changes. It's never stayed standard. And now, if, if Russell, if Nelson, Russell M. Nelson, or Russell, whatever, I don't remember his middle name, the current president of the LDS Church, if he wanted to change it, if he came out today and said, God the Father is Jehovah, Every LDS person would have to accept it because the words of the living prophet supersede the words of the dead prophets. Among the spirit children of Elohim, the firstborn was and is Jehovah or Jesus Christ. In Hebrew, Elohim generally means God or gods. In our modern church, you might hear us refer to God the Father as Elohim, but it would be a mistake to project that understanding onto the Old Testament. In the Hebrew Old Testament, the word Elohim is usually simply another title for Jehovah or Yahweh. For example, Exodus 6.2 says, And God, Elohim, spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, Yahweh. Scholar Dana Pike noted that Elohim merely provided a generic way of referring to divine beings in the Old Testament, whether Yahweh slash Jehovah, members of the Heavenly Council, or non-Israelite gods. The Latter-day Saint use of Elohim designating a singular being, God the Father, is based on the prophetic pronouncements of the Restoration, not the use of Elohim in the Hebrew Bible as it has come down to us. So it's a helpful tool for us today, but be careful when you actually come across it in Hebrew Scripture. There's a lot of other cool stuff and nuance. So again, be careful when you come across it. Be careful. It's not really this. It, it can be this. And it, so there, it, where he says it's clearly taught, it's not. This is just what they make up and what they, um, you know, present in this this poor presentation of a counterfeit god. And I'm trying to find this verse. I'm still trying to find it. Um, oh, come on. Can I not get this verse right? But again, so it's the issue is is they're trying to make a statement that this is this and this is clearly taught, but even in their own teaching and even in all the other stuff, it's just not. It's not, and it doesn't work that way. It just it it doesn't. I can't find it. I cannot find it. I know it's in Isaiah, but well, that's probably part of the problem. Dead air, and uh, you know, 
Well, it's in Deuteronomy. I know it's somewhere else too. But hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this literally breaks down to the that um, the the Jehovah, our Elohim, the Jehovah is one. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't get more concise to that in the fact that this is a teaching of the Triune God. God is eternal and always will be and always has been. Right? That's what eternal means. He did not have a father. There is no God before him, neither will there be after him. To say that God had a father, or that Jesus was literally the spirit offspring, and he's our big brother, spiritually in every sense of the word, is to deny the person and the eternality of God. And it is to essentially call God a liar in multiple places. You know, Jesus, again, in John 1, where it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And it goes on to talk about um, how through Him we were given the ability to become children of God. You know, Jesus tells the Jews, "You are fathers of your, you are children of your father, the devil." All these things, all these places, to say that, that no, we're automatically children of God, well, that calls God a liar, and it calls uh, Jesus a liar. In the different places where these things are, are brought up. And to say, to try to, to differentiate and make these two individual spiritual beings that are not eternal, that are not omnipresent, that are not omniscient, that are not because again, to, to have a beginning and end limits that. It takes what God has said about himself and it, it twists it into a counterfeit. That is what the Mormons present and that is what the Mormons have always presented. It's a counterfeit being that they are trying to present as God. So it doesn't matter what they call him. It breaks down to who is, what is the nature of this being. What is the nature of Christ? Is he God incarnate? Is he God in the flesh? Or is he just simply the spiritual offspring? I mean, again, Brigham Young taught that Jesus, that Elohim took on a body of flesh and bone, came down and literally had sex with Mary in order for her to become pregnant with Jesus. For real. Yeah. Ooh. Icky. Right? Yeah. That was what Brigham Young taught. I, I gotta, I gotta say it. When you break down the things that he taught and the things that he did, he was a racist pervert. Well, on, a, on a power trip, that he just became super powerful. People died at his command. Women were given to him at his demand. And he was he he came up with so many cockamamie things. Adam God theory, the blood atonement. Uh, you know, all these different things. False prophet, false gospel, false Christ, false God. False religion. That's all there is to it. So, there you go, guys. I went a whole lot longer than I usually would. Um, most of it searching through uh, Bible verses and so on. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not in Isaiah. Maybe I just, like, fabricated that but um so thanks guys for watching hopefully this was helpful again my lds friend recognize the fact that you are being deceived and get out 
get out. Find a Bible-believing church where you can where you can fellowship and worship and receive good, solid theological teaching that doesn't evolve over time. And my Christian friend, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.